Doesn't it seem like when it comes to nutrition, there are more opinions than facts to go around? Every day we hear new theories about diets and supplements and the best foods to eat. My role is to take the mystery out of good nutrition and look at the science. Welcome to the Nutrition Facts Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Greger, and I'm here to bring you an evidence-based approach to the best way to live a healthier, longer life. Today we take a close look at the latest fact-based research about men's health. And first up, we look at some different ways for men with a prostate cancer diagnosis to change their attitude towards diet. A cancer diagnosis is seen as a teachable moment in medicine where we can try to get people to eat healthier. But research suggests that male cancer patients in particular may be reluctant to introduce dietary modification. This has been attributed to dietary changes often being viewed as mimicking feminine eating behaviors, such as emphasizing an increase in fruits and vegetables. Although healthy eating might enhance long-term survival, few men with prostate cancer make dietary changes to advance their well-being. Many of the cancer survival trials, for example, require adherence to strict plant-based diets. And though researchers tried providing you know, extensive nutrition education and counseling programs, dietary adherence was still a challenge. Uh, the way Dean Ornish was apparently able to reverse the progression of prostate cancer with a plant-based diet was home-delivering prepared meals to their door, figuring men are so lazy they'll just eat whatever's put in front of them. After all, male culture tends to encourage men to go for convenience food, meat, and beer. Take Men's Health magazine, for example. Included in their list of things men should never apologize for, liking McDonald's, not offering a vegetarian alternative, and laughing at people who eat trail mix. Featured articles with titles like, Vegetables are for girls, and sections like, Men and meat, there's only one kind of flesh we like better, and even then, she'd better know how to grill. To appeal to male sensibilities, doctors are advised to use body-as-machine metaphors, framing men's health in terms of mechanical objects, such as cars requiring tuning. But if men are so concerned about their masculinity and manhood, maybe we should instead share a bit about what prostate cancer treatment entails. The prostate is situated at the base of the penis, and so when you core it out with a radical prostatectomy, you lose about an inch off your penis if it gets erect at all. Only 16% of men undergoing the procedure will regain their pre-surgery level of erectile functioning. Patients are typically quoted erectile dysfunction rates around 60% or 70%, but studies have generally considered erectile function recovery as just the ability to maintain an erection hard enough for penetration about 50% of the time. So getting it up occasionally is considered recovery. Uh, you know, but when a surgeon tells a patient he will recover function, the patient probably assumes that means the kind of function they had prior to surgery, and that only happens 16% of the time, and only 4% of the time in men over 60. Only 1 in 25 get their baseline sexual function back. And it's not just erections, but other problems like OAP, 
orgasm-associated pain, even years later, and urinary incontinence during foreplay, stimulation, or orgasm. The vast majority of couples overestimate how much function they're going to recover. Uh, couples reported feeling loss and grief. I mean, having cancer is bad enough without the additional losses. You'd think that would be enough to motivate men to improve their diets, but almost a fourth of men newly diagnosed with prostate cancer state that they would prefer to have their lives cut short rather than living with a diet that prohibits beef and pork. More men would rather be impotent than improve their diet. It appears pleasures of the flesh may sometimes even trump pleasures of the flesh. In our next story, we learn what happened when pomegranate juice for prostate cancer was put to the test in a clinical trial. The pomegranate has been revered through the ages for its medicinal properties, so much so it's been used as a symbol for some medical organizations. Uh, fruit seems to me a better representation of health than a snake on a stick. Supposedly beneficial for a wide range of diseases, even the cannibals love it, improving the color of kid meat. Uh, no, they're talking about baby goats. It just gave me a bit of a double take when I saw this study. Most of the attention over the last decade has focused on pomegranates and prostate cancers, starting with in vitro studies, showing more and more pomegranate extract can suppress the growth of prostate cancer cells in a petri dish by up to 95%. Primary management of prostate cancer consists of either radical surgery or radiation. Now, despite this, a significant number of patients relapse and ultimately develop metastatic disease. Uh, even after a radical prostatectomy, in about a third of the patients the cancer comes back, as evidenced by rising PSA levels. Uh, at that point, the treatment options are limited. I mean, you already took out the prostate. The next step is essentially chemical castration, hormonal ablation. Just like breast cancer can thrive on estrogen, prostate cancer can thrive on testosterone. So you can try to wipe out testosterone, but that can have such negative side effects. Anything we can do to delay that would be good. So what about plants? You know, they note that men in Asia have the lowest prostate cancer rates in the world, up to 10 times less than North America. Now, is this just a genetic thing? No. When Japanese individuals move to the United States and start eating and living like us, their breast and prostate cancer rates shoot up right towards ours. This could be because of what they're eating more of, Animal products is the strongest risk factor for prostate cancer worldwide on kind of a country-by-country -country basis, or because of what they're eating less of, their traditional low-fat, high-fiber diet with soy products and green tea and plant-rich in general. So did these researchers try sticking these cancer patients on a plant-based diet? No, they just had them drink a cup of pomegranate juice every day. Why? because the study was funded by the pomegranate juice folks. Well, at least they were allowed to take it by mouth. So what happened? Well, in the three years leading up to the study, their cancer was steadily growing, as measured by their average PSA levels going up. Then once they started the juice, their tumors 
continued to grow, but it looks like they were growing slower. Now, in contrast, Dr. Dean Ornish and colleagues got an apparent reversal in early prostate cancer growth with a plant-based diet and other healthy lifestyle changes. Uh, PSA didn't just go up slower, it trended down. And dripping the blood of men on prostate cancer growing in a lab, the blood serum of those eating healthy suppressed cancer growth nearly eight times better, uh, whereas the blood of the men on the juice just suppressed cancer growth by about 12%. But still, I mean, to see anything just drinking a cup of juice every day is pretty impressive. The problem is there was no control group. Now, you could say they kind of acted as their own controls. It's probably not just a coincidence that their tumors started growing slower right when they started the juice. Maybe tricking people into drinking pomegranate-flavored Kool-Aid would have the same effect. Right? You think you're doing something for yourself, and so the cancer might slow. You don't know until you put it to the test. Finally, a randomized controlled trial of pomegranate juice for prostate cancer, and it had no impact. What do they mean, no impact? 25% of the cancer patients appeared to shrink their tumors as soon as they started drinking the pomegranate juice. Uh, yeah, but 35% shrunk their tumors not drinking pomegranate juice. So any effect appears to just be a placebo. It's the same story with pomegranate extract pills. They seem to work until they went head-to-head -head with sugar pills and fell flat on their face. We would love it if you could share with us your stories about reinventing your health through evidence-based nutrition. Go to nutritionfacts.org slash testimonials. We may be able to share it on our social media to help inspire others. To see any graphs, charts, graphics, images, or studies mentioned here, please go to the Nutrition Facts podcast landing page. There you'll find all the detailed information you need, plus links to all the sources we cite for each of these topics. For recipes, check out my How Not to Die cookbook. It's beautifully designed, with more than 100 recipes for delicious and nutritious meals. And all the proceeds I receive from the sales of all my books goes to charity. NutritionFacts.org is a nonprofit, science-based public service where you can sign up for free daily updates on the latest in nutrition research via bite-sized videos and articles. Everything on the website is free. There's no ads, no corporate sponsorship, strictly non-commercial. I'm not selling anything. I just put it up as a public service as a labor of love, as a tribute to my grandmother, whose own life was saved with evidence-based nutrition. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Facts. I'm your host. Dr. Michael Greger.